Gonna risk creepypasta for better buddies. Hello, and welcome back to Better Buddies. I'm your host, RJ. With us this week, it's James. Hello. And Calvin. Hello. Our Better Buddies icebreaker this week, what is some advice you would give your 18-year-old self if you could go back in time? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, what, what is it? January 6, 2016, a small boy is going to fall into the Cincinnati <laughs> so you would you would go and save the kid from falling in the zoo enclosure thus saving no he would just let him know it's gonna happen i would tell my i would tell myself it's gonna happen but i'd say listen all right i think they have t-shirt printing websites you're gonna want to make the (laughs) t-shirt on this you're gonna get ahead of the curve Uh, uh, GameStop stock. Oh, that's another good one. Yeah, it's all just money making schemes. Stock tips. I think it'd Do you have be any money making schemes? schemes? And the honest, uh, sh- like advice of shut the fuck up and listen a little bit more. Yeah, that is some good advice. I, I think I would say probably, like, you will get to accomplish the things you want to accomplish. It will probably take a little longer than you would like it to, um, and it won't happen exactly in the way that you want it. But Calvin, you, you will discover, <laughs> like, a level of satisfaction that you didn't know uh, you could feel by doing so. I think someone's, someone's having a sandbox. He's he's he's, he's doing tech deck. He's doing tech deck tricks. Let him <laughs> let him be. <laughs> I was adjusting my mic. Sorry, I didn't realize that was transmitting. <laughs> oh, you're fine. You're all good. It just sounded like, you know how like on um, some of the like toys you have as a kid, where like the, it lifts the flap and like you let the flap drop into that little like plastic. <laughs> yeah, that. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Yeah, I just got the image of a kid like playing with a toy truck in a doctor's office. <laughs> I don't know why, but Calvin, what that's how my brain works, I guess. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of stuff right now. It's like, oh, man, I could have done this, could have done that. But honestly, it hasn't been enough time, I feel like, for me to actually fairly judge whether or not I did made the right choices. Question. Don't watch anime. <laughs> no, no, no. Watch more anime. <laughs> uh, would you warn him about the new Star Wars movies? I love that. Um, <laughs> oh. No. Really? I mean, yeah. what would I warn myself about? I was skeptical back then anyways. <laughs> I warn you. Your fears are even more accurate than you can imagine. <laughs> yeah, no, I... Mm, yeah, I don't know that I have anything right now that I feel like I would want to tell myself. I mean, the money-making schemes are always good. You can always do with more money true this is true i would uh oh i would actually go back in time and tell myself hey listen in like four years james and calvin are gonna have a really dumb idea to go abroad for a week in like the first (laughs) month of the the semester go with them (laughs) See, you're, he, he's he's just telling stupid things because he called it a dumb idea. That's not true. That never happened. We had a great idea. Yeah, that was divinely inspired. They're gonna paint that a Renaissance painting. Look, <laughs> oh, I, I'm I okay, okay. You know what I would say then? What? I would I would say uh, I would go back and also tell myself about said trip that hey, just go 200 feet further down the terminal 
<laughs> what? <laughs> that's, yes. that's for James. <laughs> <laughs> so real quick, uh, just... we had a... <laughs> We had an 18-hour layover in Iceland on this said trip, and we were cheap, so we weren't going to book a hotel. We were like, oh, we'll just stay out all night. Um, well, we spent the day in uh, Reykjavik, and we were like, all right, well, our flight's early in the morning. We might as well just go back to the airport. Well, the airport in Reykjavik is a bit outside the city, um, so we're like, oh, we'll just chill in the airport. Um, and... First of all, James's idea was to sleep in a field. He wanted to sleep in the field. It was raining and like 30 degrees that James, night. James, you're a moron. We would have died. We would have be actually died. No, pastoral is when it's like 90 degrees and sunny. Yeah, okay. Uh, but it can so, also be suffering. <laughs> so I look up online like, hey, can we just like – sleep in the airport terminal and everyone's like you can but like the guards will kick you awake and you can't sleep like they really discourage it like you could be there but you can't like sleep so we're going into this all apprehensive like oh we're not gonna be able to sleep so we go in and we basically get through security and just sit down on the benches just beyond security now these are sucky benches they're like wooden slats not comfortable um but then like people start coming in doing the same thing and one that person online was completely incorrect because people pulled out sleeping bags and were fine um and nobody said a thing about them but the whole to go 200 feet further down the terminal we sat on these uncomfortable wooden benches for like eight hours in this airport if we had gone 200 feet further down there were padded benches <laughs> that we could have like slept on and they would have been and, and like been 10 times more comfortable oh always go just a little bit further than you think you can <laughs> it's a decent like, explore surroundings lesson. before you bed down yeah also true dude we it's, were it's like rule for we travelers were like and snipers is explore your surroundings to get the best location <laughs> We we were like falling asleep standing up, like waiting for like the plane to take off. So it was definitely it was it was a good time. It was a good sort of uh, little experience. But oh my I, god, I, will I never... think we went to bed at like five p.m. that next day. Oh my god, we did because we got to London. Yeah. Well, we landed in London without a hotel. <laughs> yeah, nice. we had to find a hostel. We were we were very cranky. We were very sleep deprived. We were a little sort of like it was good, but we were definitely looking forward to. To sleep in. And then the next day, we our parents were uh, found out. Yep. That, <laughs> that we had left wonderful. the country. <laughs> that was great. That was a defining moment of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. I do yeah. appreciate that I was not complicit in that. <laughs> I mean, you were kind of complicit. You were, was... you were our means. You were our travel to the airport, so said parents didn't find out. I was implicated, but I was a... Uh... I could always claim ignorance of, oh, no, it, I was just there when they said they were going to go and they wanted a ride. I didn't know they didn't tell you. They forced me. Did you know that Calvin <laughs> bought a gun? <laughs> <laughs> they said they were going to poison my dog. <laughs> I've never seen James foam at the mouth like that. I've seen it happen before, but like that. Like he was, but this was something else. Rabies. This is something different. Yeah. In rabies of the soul. Um, no, that's uh, we we should all like all the like. I know we've talked before about getting the friend group together and doing like some big like trip. I mean, um, I'm gonna muster it. it up. I'm doing I it. always listen. Do I have never been week? the person. I have never <laughs> been the one to like frown upon this plan or to like be against it it's so you guys that have i've no oh, i have planned these trips y'all just say <laughs> no <laughs> this is true we are we are a difficult group to I would, motivate i would put it forward that you were planning them at the times when we were all immature assholes and now we're just mature assholes i was about to say what changed in that <laughs> <laughs> i'd like to say that i'm still an immature asshole rj so you really want to say that I haven't grown up at all. <laughs> <laughs> last episode, weren't we talking about how much better you were at responding to text messages? Yeah, but that doesn't mean I've grown up. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't mean he's good at it either. It just means he's better. <laughs> I've acquired the skills of a 14-year-old. Perfect. <laughs> no, I mean, 
I I think it would be like I agree though. Like I I couldn't do something. My my summer this summer is packed, but like next summer I'm thinking of death. Like that might be the time I actually come back to the Midwest and like stay there. You know, so it's like if we do something. So you're saying we should go abroad next summer? Yeah, honestly, it would be fun. Start saving. I mean, I'll, <laughs> I'll have I'll already yeah. I mean, either abroad or we have like it would be fun to find somewhere close to everyone. I think to have like close to everyone. Know. So what? That's like the middle of the Pacific Ocean. I think is the We're closest. Vegas. Push Japan. <laughs> go to Vegas. <laughs> I'm done. Let's what? go to Vegas. We're going to Vegas, James. Would you guys? Would you go to? Would you guys go to Vegas? Yeah, I'd, I'd go, go to Vegas. Vegas. Oh, I would totally go to Vegas. Are you kidding me? Shit. I would buy so many Hawaiian shirts before Shit, wait that. Wait a minute. Before that trip. <laughs> wait a minute. I know how this works. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, and then we rent a convertible. Yeah, then we rent we rent a convertible of a convertible. convertible? We uh, yeah, we a convertible. Conv- yeah, like don't you know our the drugs for the fear and loathing bit. That, that's the cool. That's the way the cool kids are saying convertible now, RJ. That's what you learn when you live in New York. All right, okay, it's, <laughs> it's cool. Okay. I thought you just yeah, learned you if you were a true bro. New Yorker. Yeah. Not... What'd you say? I thought you just learned if you were a true New Yorker. I what do you mean I just learned like I wait what if you live in New York <laughs> yeah you just learn if you're yeah. a true New Yorker or not yeah they let you they clue you in you know it's like I, I'm pretty wise on the streets now you know what I mean like I'm you so know you're not a true New they Yorker. know they know me here you know? <laughs> they know me because of all the posters everywhere so <laughs> I don't get oh out much anymore. I just had the image of somebody who's like super friendly and is just like, hmm, I need to make friends. And they just make posters with their own face that they plaster up like those. Have you seen this person? But it's like, have you seen this person? They're a really nice person. You should get to know them. Or I'd love, <laughs> I love like a poster like that with like a really bad like photo and it says wanted but then it's smaller text underneath it says friends friends <laughs> it's like contact information <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> you see this person i love that no i mean i would i would totally go i would i would do a vegas trip like for sure better buddies takes vegas better buddies takes vegas and then we yeah. take only good things can happen from this, dude. If we did a podcast from Vegas, that would be awesome. Well, yeah, sick. I think yeah. we we might have to do New York first because every like in the nineties, every single like television or movie series ever had takes a New does New York. Oh, the we could take film Manhattan, like a Freddie takes Manhattan. Goddamn, everybody went to Manhattan. <laughs> we the dinosaurs the what the what movie the animated movie where the dinosaurs go to Manhattan they're back that's it exactly we uh yeah I mean uh we could also that means we could film like a like just the corniest like nineties like sitcom style intro for oh for us God. better buddies in New York We're at that would be landmarks. great yeah well, we, we record <laughs> the video but we only use the audio. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's like us getting pizza us at the top of the empire state building calvin being violently detained by the authorities <laughs> like, wait why am i the one getting arrested what do you mean you don't that's know why you're the one getting arrested calvin you you're getting a, uh, like that's you're objectively what? the funniest one out of us to get arrested <laughs> <laughs> yeah it makes too much sense if james or i get arrested yeah, Calvin. I feel like John would be the least likely to get arrested. Yeah, it's actually true. Seeing John get violently <laughs> angry with the authorities <laughs> than getting arrested would be. Oh man, that'd be that'd be a trip. That'd be a time. We should all we should all get violently arrested by the authorities. No, hang on. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, and then it'll be We're and then yeah. citizens here. Yeah, well, it's like us. Yeah, for the feds, this I mean, is all a joke. Yeah, this is all a joke. I want to do these things dot 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 in Minecraft. (laughs) (laughs) I did it for the prank. It's just a prank, bro. Yeah. There's a camera over there. Well, you can't take a joke. Oh, public property damage. It's a joke. All right. Get over it. Uh, Goof. Um, It's a bit. I'm committing to the bit. (laughs) Hey, man, what are you uh, you in prison for? 
I committed to the bit. The bit. <laughs> <laughs> I committed to the bit a little too hard, and my math teacher went missing. <laughs> well, that escalated. It's like, oh my god, this guy's. His this wife guy's just couldn't tough. take a prank. He's, he's, you know, you hear what she this came guy home did. And it seemed like there do. was a murder. He committed to the bit. Oh my god, what he's a comedian? No, he murdered somebody. <laughs> it's all a bit, bro. Uh, oh man, I love that. Well, our next segment, better buddies recommend, where we recommend a piece of media to enjoy. Let's do it. Who wants to? Start? Oh, I was supposed to be thinking of something while we were talking, weren't it? Wasn't I? You were doing that before the yeah. episode started. Yeah, and then yeah. I got distracted. I'll uh, start then, because I know James will talk about this with me. Yes. I watched yeah. this past weekend the Grand Budapest Hotel. Ooh, gasp. And yes. It's one that what I like think? when it was coming out, I saw the ads for it and I was like, this intrigues me based on its cast and premise. I want to see this, and then I didn't for years. And I got bought it at Barnes and Noble on Saturday, and I was like, I'm gonna watch this. I thought it was really nice. engaging. It's 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 something. I something is the best word for it because it's like I as I was kind of mulling it over before the show started I was like I don't know that I'd say it's fun like it's a fever dream it's good it's very well (laughs) done I enjoyed all the characters I had a good time but when I use the word fun that doesn't seem like a right describing word for it but a very what would you describe it as yeah, it's it's an excellent story with excellent character work, and I think one of the things that really gets me for it is I love I really enjoy those characters in stories who are like the right hand man, like polymath, um, Renaissance man, knows everything, does anything, everything. And just responds to the needs of whoever they work for. Like, that perfect right-hand man. Uh, The best example I can think of off the top of my head is in Daredevil. Uh, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio's Wilson Fisk has the assistant... um, Oh, what's his name? Wilson... Not Wilson. um, Not Wayland. Shit. But he's got this assistant character who, like is his basically his like secretary but also his best friend and like does everything for him and tries to smooth everything over and is functionally the only friend wilson fisk the kingpin has in the world Hmm. but he's just very like good and efficient Uh, another great example is in the john wick series the concierge at the Hmm. hotel Mm -hmm. like i like those characters and this felt like a movie about that character I like I really love the um uh I agree like I think Ray Fiennes' performance is great and the um the color palette for this movie like I I call this movie Wes Anderson's uh it's kind of like his Inglorious Bastards and what I mean by that is like it's not similar to Inglorious Bastards in any way other than it's like it feels (laughs) like an independent film Uh Actually, James, uh, they are both set during the lead-up in part of the World War Two. <laughs> oh, shit, he's actually right. Oh, geez. <laughs> I really screwed up. Um, he, he's, you are correct. Um, you're very correct. And uh, they do involve, like, charismatic uh, leading men. Um, but what I really do like about them is that they feel like they are like an in the the independent film version of like a blockbuster like they're the closest that those guys get to a kind of like very grand sort of spectacle still contained within their own vision and voice mm-hmm. and i think like that's what feels really cool about it like i wouldn't necessarily say that the grand Budapest hotel is like an epic but it does feel like it has like it does feel oh, it grand. It feels like it has a scope. Scale, right? Yep. Like, yeah, exactly. They travel exactly. different countries. <clears throat> You've got different set pieces. It's there's a lot of like threat and pressure mounting and building, 
but it's almost for the majority of the film it's always like a step removed from the main characters yeah yeah that's the that's actually a really good way to put it i think um i i'm wondering like <clears throat> how would you describe this like if for anyone who might not know maybe with like minimal or no spoilers like what would you say the premises of this movie is the premise of this movie is a story within a story within a story about mm-hmm. a hotel concierge and the lobby boy that becomes his uh, mentee and the mm, the end result of them attempting to perform their duties to the highest honor. That's a great way to put it. <laughs> That's a great way to put it. I love that. <laughs> I was really glad with the way, uh, spoiler alert, in com- incoming, uh, I was really glad with the way Zero's like relationship with the pastry girl worked out. Mm-hmm. Because I, for a minute there, I was a little worried she was going to die on screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just some of the early foreshadowing stuff where like, as an old man, he didn't want to talk about her. I was like, ooh, she's going to die yeah. in this story. <laughs> yeah, I totally We're, uh, agree. getting close to World War II, and she's got a birthmark on her face, and he's uh, very clearly not what the Third Reich was looking for, so... <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, man. What, wait, Calvin, have you seen this movie before or no? Grand Budapest? Yeah. Yeah. We, we've quoted it before. I think we have. I think you're right. It's actually, it's been a while since I've it's watched It's an institution. This movie. <laughs> That's like my favorite line. <laughs> Why do you want to work here? Well, it's an institution. Quite right. <laughs> yeah. That is the, the, uh, it's it's really fun. What do you guys what do you guys think about Wes Anderson as like a director? I, I've only seen Grand Budapest and Isle of Dogs, mm-hmm. and I he's he's definitely got one style and he sticks to it. Very like, true. I feel like uh, even the the trailers I've seen for his other ones. What is it? The French Connection and um, he, what's his new one? Asteroid City. Mm-hmm. Um. Which looks interesting. I kind of want to see. Oh, French Dispatch. Asteroid French City, Connection. Yeah, no, that's like the one. old film. Um, yeah, Asteroid um, City. That one actually looks kind of uh, funny. I do want to kind of see Asteroid City. He did City. sing too. And mm. sing. Did he no, really? He did. No, he did not. There's no okay, way that he did I went did to those. Google Wes Anderson and then I clicked movies and it says sing. Are you serious? Hang <laughs> Wait, on. What, what, what's the credit well, he, on that? He might be, maybe he's a voice of them. There's no way that he directed those. No, it was directed by Garth Jennings. <laughs> okay, I was like, what? <laughs> um, yeah, Wes Anderson filmography. Yeah, I've literally seen, it's the only Wes Anderson movie I've seen. Is Yeah, he's got a voice Hotel. role and sing. Alright, so his feature films wow. are Bottle Rocket, Rushmore, Royal Tenenbaums, Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou, Darjeeling Limited, Fantastic Mr. Fox, Moonrise Kingdom, Grand Budapest, Isle of Dog, French Dispatch, and his new one is Asteroid City. And upcoming is the wonderful story of Henry Sugar. Yeah, that seems fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> second film adaptation of a doll work. I didn't know that was a doll story. Oh, I'm seeing that too. But you know, I, I, I enjoy Grand Budapest. <laughs> I thought Isle of Dogs was okay. Um... I didn't think mm-hmm. it was anything fantastic. I thought it was like, eh, this is okay. Um, and yeah, like I said, I kind of want to see Asteroid City. We'll see. But he, his movies really are like a fever dream. Like I... they're, they, at, at times they're just like, what, what is happening? <laughs> I remember seeing like some of the ads and stuff for the French Dispatch and going like, I kind of want to see this. But I also don't know that I care. Mm-hmm. Or it was just like, I, it, it's, and I think part of it too is the Wes Anderson because it is such a stylized specific one that it, yeah, it has a reputation at least in my mind of being like a film snobby kind of thing of like, oh, mm-hmm. you haven't seen a Wes Anderson <clears throat> film, mm. yeah, where it's like, 
Alright. He's a director. So he's not as prolific as a goddamn, uh, any, uh, like, Spielberg or some shit. Big whoop. He's he's yeah. also one of those directors that has like some actors that he just like likes to use over and over again. Like Bill yeah. Murray is in like mm. almost all of his films. I did appreciate Bill Murray, Bill Murray in Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah, the brief is brief kind of interlude. Um, no, Wes Anderson reminds me. It kind of reminds me of like uh, you know because. Uh, it reminds me a little bit, it's going to be like a weird comparison to make, but it reminds me of him and other directors like him are kind of like ACDC or a band like ACDC, where it's like, you know exactly how an ACDC song is going mm-hmm. to sound before you play it. It's just like, so it doesn't mean that like, if you immediately dislike it, it doesn't mean that like, it's a bad song or that conversely that like, you don't have taste because you don't like, you might just not have heard the right ACDC song yet. You know what I mean? But at the same yeah. time, like most of them do sound very similar because they have a very heavy style that they always go to. And he's very much the same. I'm honestly kind of in the middle with him where it's like, I like his stuff. There are some of his movies that are, are very like toned down and they don't rely too much on his style. Then there are other ones like Asteroid City looks incredibly stylistic. Um, yeah. Like every shot looks like it's supposed to evoke like the that Americana, like wish you were here style postcard, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like the Grand Budapest because it's like it feels like the perfect blend of his very idiosyncratic vision. But it is shot in a way where it still feels like a bigger movie that's going on with his vision just happening to kind of color it. Where some of his other movies are very much feel like, all right, this is a Wes Anderson joint through and through. So I think he's very much like an acquired taste and you have to be in the right mood to watch him. But when he, when he, when he hits, he does hit when he, when he, when you find a Wes Anderson movie, you like it is unlike anything you've seen. So yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Grand Budapest Hotel. Who's next? James. All right. <laughs> excuse me. Oh my god. Not excuse. Um, uh, well, fair. Uh, yeah, we got to finish the show. Yeah. <laughs> I I will say um, my recommendation is the short story by H.P. Lovecraft um, from Beyond. Uh, for anyone who might not know, H.P. Lovecraft is a renowned turn-of-the-century horror writer. Oh, really? Um, he is. He <laughs> is. Fun fact. I've never heard of him. Uh, he, he's the origin for <laughs> Cthulhu. Well, maybe story? some people haven't. Yes, he did. He did, he did Squid Games. That's him, actually. That's H.P. <laughs> Lovecraft. Yep. Um, that's the one. Um, Squid Games and The Little Mermaid, the remake. Actually, he did the remake. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Wrote up the script and tucked it away in a desk for a year. For years. Yeah, exactly. He was he was ashamed. Um, but then he was. But then people discovered it, and they were like, "Brilliant." Um, and (laughs) and, anyway, uh, uh, very famous like uh horror writer uh known for his style of like cosmic horror which is like you know emphasizing the the idea of the unknown and just the the you know the fear of these things that we can't ever know and won't ever see and um usually mingled with some kind of almost like he had a thing for like the deep sea really scared him so he's famous for like rj kind of pointed out uh creating cthulhu and um squid games and the elder gods and Skyrim and all this other stuff um, that he that Wait, he, he did. Created Skyrim? And, uh, yes. No, he did not. Uh, yes, he did actually. Yeah, I misspoke. Well, you the one who said Skyrim, dude. I, I did. I, I just I'm, I'm throwing things out there. I'm just you know, seeing. <laughs> it turns. Make out sure you're paying attention. Out. Yeah, he created ninety percent of culture. It actually comes from H.P. Lovecraft. Um, but. Uh, from Beyond is a short story that basically follows um, a. It's very short. It's like four pages, um, I think, basically, and it just follows a 
uh, kind of an unnamed narrator um, who is visiting his friend, who is this like mad scientist uh, who kind of started out normal. And then he slowly went insane because he developed this machine that um, can supposedly uh, produce a series of vibrations that allow you to see the things uh, going on in our world that are unseen. This idea that like we exist at a certain vibrational level and uh, like our senses are very feeble and this machine uh, allows us to access a, a sort of different sense by putting us at a different vibration and we can see all these things and experience all these things that like we're not uh, that we're kept out of by our sort of stunted organic state. And uh, it's a really good look into his um, into his fiction i would say the call of cthulhu is a little bit better it's a little bit longer but this is like a really great succinct like hp lovecraft short story and you can basically get every piece of this guy from this so if you've ever wanted to read him but you're like i don't really want to make the investment and for whatever reason i don't want to read the cthulhu one i would say go with from beyond is it as racist as all his other stuff probably uh it is not. It is not. Uh, as far as I'm aware, like, I don't remember any anything that was, like, overtly racist. Like, he talks about the help, but there's no descriptors, descriptors other than names. So, unless he was, like, picturing something, like, I don't, I don't think well, it's... Well, aren't like some of his next. monsters' descriptions, like, racist in their, like, uh what he was ascribing to them of like what they were supposed to be in his mind or something like that. I, I don't I know don't... enough about a lot of this stuff. I just know that there is a lot of like racist stuff in his writing. Yeah. And he's like, he's uh, like, I don't know about his monsters specifically. Cause I've only read like a few of his things. I will say like, um, like, he was very obsessed with sort of like ancient, like tribal savage, like voodoo sometimes plays a big thing into like his stories or like these ancient, you know, these tribes who are worshiping this pagan God or something like that. It's very like turn of the century, like, um, you know, guy who's like, what are they doing over Which there century? in that distant land? Uh, it between the 19th and the 20th century. So he was born, I think, in like 1890, I want to say. 1890 ah, so or like 1894. That old pre-World War One racism. Yeah, he was, he was through and through. But I was talking to somebody about this, and they pointed this out very much so. Like, his, his, it, he is racist, like, in his stories, um, and you can't excuse that. Uh, explaining something doesn't validate it. And I, I would say that, like, um, I was talking to somebody who had, like, read a bunch of his stories. They were, like, a huge fan of his. And they were basically, they were kind of making the case that, like, the racism in H.P. Lovecraft stories is, like, it is more, and this doesn't make it okay, but it is, like, more descriptive than it is this sort of, like, malignant, like, It's the inherent hatred. style racism that he grew up as a part of basically like it's like because the thing is like he like he had friends of like diverse backgrounds and stuff like that i'm not at all trying <laughs> yes, to be like it's okay he had black friends you know yeah exactly uh, yeah yeah isn't that good enough for you people <laughs> um but no like he uh like it, it was this kind of like i won't say innocence but this sort of turned off like you said this like socially imbued racism and the other thing is too is that this guy was like this guy was a had a crippling fear of anything basically outside his hometown. Like, there's a reason why all of his stories deal with this root fear of the unknown and things unseen. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, basically. And like, I I think he was a like I don't know if he was quite by textbook definition agoraphobic, but he definitely had traits of that because he was like very like like kind of a shut-in and just sort of like hung out and like very insular and um that's i think where like some of that stuff comes from and again it doesn't excuse any like racist rhetoric or all the anything else that he did but it, like you can understand like where a guy like that where like 
you know, a big, obviously, part of racism is the, the fear of somebody who is just different from you because it is, like, unknown to a degree, you know? Um, that is, like, a core part of it. And, like, he kind of took that fear, and that fear was extrapolated throughout, like, the rest of his stories. Not anything, like, directly tied to race, but just that deeper fear that runs through, like, all of us of, like, what is the unknown? And, like, when we encounter it, like, you know what does that yeah. feel like and he just sort of extrapolated on that so i yeah. was definitely just joking i have i cannot poke too many holes <laughs> because i defend mark twain so. <laughs> so i can't poke too many holes in this because i personally am a racist <laughs> i identify as that well now heavily that's me speaking no that's i mean not that, better that's james <laughs> i know i'm sorry <laughs> Just kidding. I regret nothing. Um, no, I, I, uh, yeah, it's hard. It's like, I do think you have to be able to separate the art from the artist, but I also think like, like you don't have to artists, do, but there's also acknowledging art in its time and place. Yep. Absolutely. And sometimes an artist's biggest like flaws can lend a real key to what made their art work in the first place. Um, and it's an insight on that time period as well absolutely yeah i think absolutely even though he was writing like you know fiction like the guy was incredibly detailed and it's a great portrait of i think people at the time nice uh what was that again that would be from beyond by hp lovecraft i would just suggest him as as a whole he's he's a fun he's a fun guy to kind of read nice calvin you're up all right, Mister C. <laughs> you had weeks Who to think of something. <laughs> uh, no, I got something. I got something. I don't have anything like super special, but um, I've been listening to a artist called Sea Wolf recently. They're kind of like a folk artist, and I've been I've been really S E A S E A space Wolf. Um. Yeah, they're just kind of like a folk artist. I, I, I've been enjoying their music. Um, I've been listening to their Old World Romance and Through a Dark Wood albums. Mm. And yeah, I just enjoy both of those quite a bit. Sounds interesting. So sorry, what type of band is this exactly? It's like a kind of like a folky kind of like softer. It's not like soup. It's not like somber or melancholic but it's like on that edge at times um uh are there it, lyrics yeah uh there's a singer um i think it's just one dude there might be a whole band but there's one singer at least um and uh yeah it's just it's kind of like quieter easy listening folk nice that's pretty good is it a little bit more like acoustic strings? Does it play with any other? Instruments? Uh, yeah, it's very, it's very acoustic. It's like mainly, it's mainly the guitar, but there is like more to it. There is like a whole band, I think. Ooh. So lovely. What? Uh, what? Like, how'd you happen upon them? No idea. They just popped up on my like YouTube music racks. Ah. Yes, I know. That YouTube's well. a great place to find uh, to find some some people you didn't know you needed to hear. Uh, if y'all haven't given it a listen, Cosmo Sheldrake is an artist you should give a listen to. Popped up in the same way for me, just kind of those random thrown in there. You should listen to this things. Tardigrade song. It's a song all about tardigrades. Nice. <laughs> That's very cute. Oh, you know what? That. You know what song you should listen to? What? You should listen to the song by the artist. Oh, uh, uh, very oh. funny! I see what you're doing here. <laughs> no, no, it's it's I I I, mean, I literally that's the best way I could describe it because it's literally a song. It's a it's a video that pops up on my YouTube. There's no title, and the YouTube channel has no name. <laughs> really. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know how to describe it to you because. But have you watched it? <laughs> yeah. What happens? It's just you... a song. 
send no, it. No, music? you have to be chosen. I will not share it with you. You have to be oh, chosen. Oh, you. <laughs> oh, uh, this enough. sounds more like right. one of those creepy pasta things where it's like, oh, yeah, be careful which videos you click when the random music suggestions pop up. If you click the untitled one by an unnamed channel, you have seven days or this monster comes out of the screen and eats you. Yeah, well, I think I sent you the, like, what the, uh, what the, uh, image for it is. Here, let me see. Let me get a screenshot here of it. Um, If it's something I don't want to see, I'm going to be upset. (laughs) You you want to see James, you want to see everything, though. You, you, on this Uh, show, are quoted as having lived, as, like, living in a dumpster and eating children. You're never gonna let me live that. No, one down, I'm not. <laughs> it, was it was a weird time. episode. <laughs> I don't it think you should time. leave. That. <laughs> that's that's. We don't have to dig through the um, the, the past. How does one take screenshots? A week ago, weren't Isn't we there... talking about how great bits we had? <laughs> yeah, we should do a clip show. I'm. I God. I. I don't want to do a clip show. So much yeah, work. That's, that's yeah. a good answer. Yeah, and they're just like they I, they always do feel like a little lazy to me, honestly. Like no matter how well they're done, it's it's weirdly super lazy and super like pain in the ass. Because yeah, like, having to code through all that stuff, not make anything new, but it's extra work to oh. go back through the old ones. I got it. I finally got it. All right. Let's see. Oh my god, it is just a creepypasta. What the fuck? (laughs) God. Calvin. (laughs) I should have known it was going to be something like that. An anime person. No, don't tell anyone. (laughs) Wearing a white button up and a black vest and black tie and this red, like, royal robe. And they're pulling their hair. Like, and with wide yellow eyes. It's good. Why do I always think the ones who have the crazy eyes in these shows are... Why is that? Why, why is that, <laughs> why is that trip, the trigger in my brain? I'm just saying it's a, it's a point of fact. James apparently thinks <laughs> like, this thumbnail on a music video is hot. I Hey, I'm allowed to think anything's hot, sir. It's 2023, all right? Okay? What? You know, back you in my day, a, only know, ovens and stoves and sometimes campfires were hot. You never had a crush on a cartoon before? Have you even been on the internet before, bro? Come on. <laughs> I'm going to refrain from answering uh, that question because my coworkers sometimes listen to this show. <laughs> fair enough. I see. My coworker, who happens to be a, a cartoon <laughs> an anime character. There's, they, there's another one, hey, too, look, that came cartoons up. Cartoons are people, too, James. Yeah, How about I know one? they are. How about this one, RJ? Oh god, Calvin, what are you doing? I like her hair. I'm gonna You haven't been chosen. You haven't been chosen. Maybe Calvin's <laughs> not gonna turn up to one of these recording sessions someday, and instead it's he just says... gonna be like a weird static voice. Well, where do you think I've been for the last like six months? <laughs> oh jeez. You you haven't been chosen, he says, walking backwards into the dark cave. <laughs> well, you haven't been chosen, he says, as his body turns around, but his head doesn't, and he walks forward. <laughs> Damn. I'm terrified, but also jealous? No. <laughs> How do I reconcile this? You don't. Hmm. Well, maybe We're just the gonna move on to algorithmic... Deities <laughs> will recommend this. How, now that you know how to be a better buddy, or we'll give it. some real and some humorous advice. Let's do it. <laughs> God, uh, why do people <laughs> encourage you or pressure you to assault them in an argument? Uh, with the further details, example: Guy one is thinking about hurting slash stabbing guy two. Guy two is like, "Do it, do it. You won't." Meanwhile, the guy could have hurt him. I don't understand why people do this. Because they no longer have the capability of rational thought for the argument, so they resort to caveman. Yeah, it's like a pure vocalization of the death drive. Uh, no think, only stab. <laughs> there we go, see, we answered. <laughs> there we that go. was pretty quick. <laughs> um, 
It's the, it's the dare. It's the, if you successfully go, do it, do it, you won't, and they don't do it, you win. Yeah, you're basically just betting that they're not going to so that you get an easy win. It just all falls apart when someone finally calls you on it. And then, if they do stab (laughs) you, you have the moral high ground because you didn't stab anyone. Exactly, you still win. Like, either way, like, they don't do it, and they, like, you know... It shows that they were bluffing, or they do it, and it shows that they have no self control. So, so basically, win, those, win, people, baby. those people are utter assholes. Yeah, basically, because <laughs> they know exactly what they're doing. Smug, arrogant pricks. Yeah, we'll get them. We'll teach them. We'll stab them just to show them. <laughs> yeah, that'll teach them. Wait, yeah. <laughs> wait, no. Oh, now he's getting a moral high ground and getting praise for surviving. And I'm in jail. <laughs> I committed to the bit there's, too hard. There's gotta be a comic online where it's like somebody who's doing that, they get stabbed, and then it's like a punch in on their face, like a smug look, and it's like, well, at least I have the moral high ground. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, I stole that from Doctor Who. There's something there's to There's a Doctor Who episode that. so where the funny. TARDIS like ports into the uh, military facility or whatever, and one of the humans is with the doctor's like Wait, you're going out there, but they have guns. They could shoot you. And he's like, yes, but I'll have the moral high ground. (laughs) (laughs) Cute. I love that. Our next question this week. Why is everything bigger in Texas? Oh, man. The biggest state. Because they're compensating. Uh, Hey. Wow. One, everything is is bigger in Texas, including Texas. Very true. And if you just yes. put everything else in Texas, it would get bigger. Therefore, we should just start putting everything in Texas. We put the planet in Texas, yes. and it will be bigger in Texas. Oh, yeah. We can fix global brilliant. warming. We just put a bunch of ice in Texas, and the ice but will then get bigger. Also, but then also, doesn't global warming get worse because it gets bigger? No, no, no. Because global warming doesn't mm-hmm. fit in Texas. <laughs> yeah. Global warming is an idea. There's- we don't, don't have you those know in how Texas. Texas works, Calvin? Uh, don't you yeah, realize? My bad. Wow, this guy failed Texas studies in high school. Yeah, come on. Didn't you take your Texas well, AP you... Texas? Yeah. <laughs> no, just like AP Euro, I slept through that. We had to use our Texas instruments. Yeah, very good. Go, go away, RJ. Go very away. Funny. <laughs> AP Texas is a great bit. <laughs> That's amazing. Hey, AP Texas got that. me out of a history credit in college. Yeah. AP Texas, that's how I met your mother. <laughs> um, what were you talking about? Is it why is, is it bigger in Texas? Because wherever you live has dumb slogans about it, too. Get over it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Why does anybody say what they do about where you live? Absolutely. Well, and I will say, like, Texas is cool. Like, if you haven't been there, I would recommend visiting. Like, it is a very different mentality. Like, they do just have, I think it's bigger because, like, they just have this sense of, like, scale about who they are as a state and the people who live there. It's huge. It's bigger than France. It's massive. Um, I think the only state that's bigger than it in this country is Alaska. Yeah, is Alaska, right? Yeah. Like, there are signs where you—it's literally just signs alongside the road of like last place to get gas for X, like fifty. Yeah, but they miles. have that in like they have that in Nevada. The longest stretch of road without anything um, without any services is actually in Nevada. Well, good for Nevada. Really? It proves my point. <laughs> <laughs> and it's bigger in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but that's um yeah, it's just I think it's it's you know, they fought for the right to be their state. They uh, fought for independence however, and then decided they didn't want to be independent. Yeah, I mean well they fought for independence from one thing and then they considered being independent in another way and they kind of settled just on the middle ground. It is very much almost like a little country more than any other U.S. state um, within inside a larger country. That is very... That is also true. California, what a state. It's literally a coin toss, and which one's going to secede from the Union first? 
Yeah. I think they both should. I think both of them should at the same time. <laughs> Just go down. You got to pick. Oh, we we let them leave, but then we finally let um is it Puerto Rico become a state? Yeah. 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 They've been around. They should be a state already anyway. Or I guess free if they want to be. <laughs> I think they want to be a state. Yeah, I think they that's really? part of the problem well, then, yeah. is that they want to be, but there's some like election thing or something where it's like, oh, maybe next time you guys will make it. You just didn't get enough well, votes. I, Sorry. I wonder if it's literally like we well, just Congress don't have like to... blocks them. I thought. Why? Because Congress. Because then we'd have to. Because then we would add the nation would actually be responsible for taking care of them, and we can't just ignore them and be like, oh, they're a territory, so they don't matter. But then if they become a state, we actually have to be like, oh, we actually have to care about these people now. Oh. Because but Puerto Rico's like entire everything is like pretty broken, I think, from repeated hurricanes and corruption mm. and like there's a lot of issues. And as long as they're a territory, Congress can be like, we don't care. We'll fix yeah. it later, you know. They, they can, We're they busy. They do it themselves, right? They got supplies. Yeah, Trump threw them threw them paper towel from the airplane. Remember that? <laughs> hey, man, <laughs> if, God, if you he? can't make do with that, yeah, no, he did. He he flew. Sorry, James. Uh, he flew yeah. in during a hurricane for with like relief supplies, and he just like took individual paper towel from a, like a big pack and was like tossing it into a crowd and like I'm helping. Oh my god. <laughs> As well, these people are dying from disease and lack of food and water. Good. If you can't make it... Hey, he was cleaning up that spill, right? Bounty's strong. Yeah, baby, if you can't make make do with with a presidentially, a personally presidentially delivered paper towel... You know, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't if know. You how can't we can lift help yourself you, up by the know? bootstraps with those bootstraps you made out of those paper towels. I don't know if you're really an American. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> come on. We've all had to do that. Yeah. Uh, you know, me, us in Wisconsin, we've had our fair share of hurricanes. <laughs> we've always bounced back. So <laughs> yeah, we've yeah, had and our the fair hurricane- share. And, yeah, and the hurricane would never have been a problem if they had let Trump go through with his plan of nuking it. So yeah, I was <laughs> just gonna say, he wanted to nuke it. wait, did he actually want to nuke a hurricane? He yeah. questioned. He he in some like news conference, he made a comment about like, oh, like we need to look into options of like, st- like doing like investigating, like maybe like if you nuke it, that'll do so. So he didn't like say we should nuke it. But he gave it as like an example of something scientists should look into or something like that. And it like was just the like out of the box um, idea kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, well, what if we just nuke it? And it's just like, well, I mean, I know. now I want to ask, did anyone try? <laughs> <laughs> I think there's other issues with the plan. So, no. Look, you I, put a nuke I... right into the eye of the hurricane and it breaks up the wind forces of the eye which then slows down the winds outside and breaks up the hurricane leaving only the radioactive fallout of a nuke <laughs> i mean i that guess it's like true at that great. point you no longer really care about the hurricane it's yeah exactly <laughs> it's, so that way, it's no longer a priority or it becomes a super cane which is a radioactive hurricane and either fights sentience. for justice or is our greatest terror and we need to make a bad movie about taking it down. <laughs> yeah, it gains sentience and then that and then it, we just politely ask it to leave. Ever since the <laughs> My father Ever was killed by a radioactive hurricane. <laughs> Ever since the prison's plan to nuke a hurricane turned a hurricane into a, a sentient radiated monster. <laughs> the world has never been the same. <laughs> the world's oceans haven't been safe. <laughs> Damn it, man! You're a scientist. How are we gonna stop this radioactive hurricane, sir? Sir, a research uh, institute out in California has come up with an idea. They're going to nuke the San Andreas Fault for a nuclear earthquake to earthquake. fight the hurricane. Oh my! Oh my God! So this is like a, it's like a Godzilla versus Kong thing. Yes. Like, yeah. It's that. That's actually where we it's got the, the idea from. The beginning of the yes. irradiated yes. natural disaster verse. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> Listen, Kevin Feige is very excited about this. He believes that the new kind of franchise is one you're living in. Okay, so <laughs> the first movie is the Irradiated Hurricane movie. The second is the San Andreas Fall. The third is when we bring them together. All right. Now, Chris Evans is a is a soft maybe. <laughs> so, I do just I, I do just imagine Trump like proposing that hurricane idea in a room full of people. And it was just like a beat of silence, like a, a pause. And someone somewhere in the room is just like, ah. Uh, Oh, <laughs> uh oh! It's time for Trump's really just... nap. <laughs> no, it's, 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 it's like he says that, and the and the guy with the football just kind of quietly hides it behind his back, <laughs> <laughs> just like, like shuffles out the of the room. Onto his lap. <laughs> like, <"Get him> <laughs> He'd uh... have the briefcase open, and he like closes it quietly. <laughs> I'd. Like, oh, man, what I wouldn't give to be in the room when the presence, like, even just as, like, I like I do want to know, like, was, like, I guess it, <laughs> like, there's no good way, smart way to suggest, like, well, what would happen if we nuked a hurricane, you know what I mean? But I guess it depends on the framing of it. Like, was he, like, well, you know, like, I'm just saying, like, what yeah. would happen, like, theoretically, if we did it? Or was he actually, like, what if we nuked a hurricane? Now, hear me know? out. Did you try yeah. nuking the problem? And I'm the president, so you can't say no to this. It's like, well, <laughs> that's not exactly, no. you can't say no. All right? I don't want to hear that shit. Now, Mr. President, you hear know? me out. What if I did? What if I said it? <laughs> Mr. President, um... You know, you know what's even more effective than a, a nuclear bomb? Humanitarianism. I don't, you don't know what that means, but what I'm saying is you're going to get to throw paper towels at, <laughs> at poor people. At poor people. <laughs> it's like, I'm in. I love it. I'll <laughs> play great. <laughs> we, heard, we got word oh. that um, Gerald Ford is going to be there. <laughs> It's not Gerald Ford, though. I'm, who the fuck am I thinking uh, of? Yeah, you could have a... You could have a... It'll be a real Three Stooges event. The, who are you the thinking pres, of? the ex-president who was, like, super great with the, like, going out and doing volunteer service and kept doing it until he was, like, goddamn 90. Oh! Oh, uh, oh Carter. Jimmy Carter. Carter. Yeah, yeah. Carter's he was, be he was doing... Um, <laughs> yeah, he was doing the Habitat for Humanity. He was always out there building houses. Yeah. I just envision them, like, uh, they give, like... Uh, you know, they, they give trump carter as like a little he's like you know he's with him to lend a sense of like humanitarianism to the whole thing and like trump is like just blindly throwing these those paper towels out and at trump one point he just picks carter up and just throws him. <laughs> <laughs> i was just about to say but i was laughing too hard trump pushes him out of the plane yeah <laughs> i solved the problem <laughs> you're blocking my shot <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy, he's the best at building houses. Okay, he'll build you so many good houses. They'll be great. <laughs> just shove a ninety-year-old man in a wheelchair out of a plane. <laughs> it's like we've left the people of Puerto Rico in good hands. <laughs> poor, poor Jimmy Carter. I, I can still swing a hammer. I'll help you with the nails, son. Oh, we're monsters. Yep. Oh, it's kind of funny. It's like bad, it's but funny. it's sort of like it's. I'd like to think it's, it's self-deprecation. And I, I, I can't. <laughs> it is. It is. I'd like to. I'd like to go on record too to say that I would. I would totally lobby for. You would Frederico push Jimmy Carter out of a plane. Yeah, I was, I was like, "What are you lobbying for here?" Yeah, I would. I, many things. It, we'll. we'll uh, that is one of my. Um, what do they call it? Pork barreling or whatever. What? What do they call the thing when you? Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I think it is pork. No, is it? Well, I never no, know what all that stuff is. Yeah, like a rider onto a bill or whatever. Um, and I would. Yeah, the bill to make Puerto Rico uh, a state. 
I would uh, make. Pork failing is utilization of government funds for projects designed to please voters or legislators and win votes. Never mind. Not I, mean, I guess it could be pork barreling. What is it called when you, you add something on to a bill? It, that'd be a rider. A rider, yeah. What is it? But yeah, I would lobby for them to become like a state. Absolutely. All right. All right. I think that's it for this week. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> Good. There we go. Thank you both for joining. Thank you. Thank you to the band Problem of Interest for letting us use the song Living in the Moment off the album Cross Off Yesterday. You can find them on iTunes and Spotify. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever fine podcasts are sold. We're also on social media. Our Facebook is Better Buddies, where we have our meme Mondays. Our Twitter is at Better Budcast. Use the hashtag Better Buddies when you tweet about the show. And our Gmail account is betterbuddiescast at gmail.com. You can send us fan art, hate art, fan mail, hate mail, declarations of love and or war, icebreakers you want us to answer, questions you need, you need advice on, or story ideas you want us to flesh out. And last but not least, be a better buddy. Let's see here. Yeah. 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 See. (laughs) Bless you. Bless you. We're gonna get it. We're gonna contract. We're gonna take care. Yeah. See. Go take care of him. Oh wow. Make sure he's well. I need. I should think (laughs) of a recommend, shouldn't I? Take him out. Yes, you should. For a silly goose. (laughs) yeah boys why don't you tell this guy a real good time (laughs) just smash cut to them like eating ice cream and getting like balloon animals and